coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and I just want to take a quick moment to thank my sponsors. We appreciate them and their support. Uh, so today, we have an exciting guest. We have Sarah Beto. She's the VP of Marketing at Moya Burgers, Fries, and Shakes. Definitely my kind of place to hang out. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks. So glad to be here. It's great for you to be here. So one of the first things I love to find out, because I know how the franchise industry is very big, but also very small, and a lot of us have been around a while. Tell us a little bit about how you wound up at, at Muya and uh, your background and you know a little bit about your, your vision for the future. First of all, glad to be here. I love food. So that was a really good place for me to start. I've been in the industry since about 2007. So I guess that's about 16 years. And I, I've been everywhere. I mean, I've been at really large franchise organizations, national chains. And I wound up here a little over a year ago. You know, you, you learn a lot through your journey with different companies, you know, what matters to you. And, and as you get older, I think you figure out you personally become passionate about things because of things that have happened in your life. And I've, I loved all of my time at my past, the past brands where I've spent the majority of my career, but my, my youngest child was diagnosed with type one diabetes about three and a half years ago. And she was just three and a half years old at the time. And it really changed my perspective on food because that became basically the governor for how we lived our life. And so I, uh, I had to rethink my priorities and you know, where we ate. And so long story short, when the opportunity came about, I had kind of said I would be really picky in the food industry and where I'd spent my time. And Muya was actually checked all the boxes for me personally as to where I would take my family. And it was really interesting because the, the way the product is made, the process that they go through, everything is kind of a dream. And it's so many brands wish they could tell this story. And so I thought, you know, this is a brand that doesn't need anything fixed. It's a very cool story to tell. And the challenge is that we just want to tell it more and louder so more people can hear it. And I was all on board. So that's how I wound up here going from some of the largest companies in the world to one of the smaller regional uh, burger chains, but I freaking love it. And the product is absolutely amazing. And it is pretty good for you too. So you combine all that together and I'm probably never leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, that, that pivot. I mean, you, you did have, I, I saw your background and, and you have worked with some big brands for sure. 
And, uh, but now this brand, you know, they're emerging, right? I think you're about to mm-hmm. hit 100 units, and which is, by the way, an amazing accomplishment, not easy to get to. So you've got the momentum on your side. And I, I looking at your website, I, I get hungry just looking at the pictures. So I know there's something to the, to the pictures in the marketing. But like you said, you want to be able to tell the story. And, you know, you're, you're at that emerging mark where, sure, in certain areas, people know you really well, right? Yeah. And then in other places in the country, they don't. But tell me a little bit about that as, as, as the VP of marketing. What are some of your top priorities in terms of helping this emerging brand go loud, if you will, and, and be more known? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's we it's kind of divided into a couple of different buckets. We have some pretty um, some we have some pretty what's the word I'm looking for? Developed markets is probably the right word. You know, Dallas Fort Worth is our is our home market. Uh, we have 14 locations in Dallas, so you know we have some strong presence here. The challenge in Dallas Fort Worth is there's just a lot of competition. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of really great emerging food concepts, and so it's just keeping the brand top of mind. And we've got a few other markets that follow that same formula, um, but we've got these more developing and emerging markets where we have franchisees that are opening up the first location of its kind uh, of Muya, and it's getting people introduced to the brand. So we have to do a lot of um, education on, you know, this is what this is what Muya is all about, and, and the name isn't always a hundred percent, you know, clear as to what we are. Um, so it's about in telling people what we do, what we sell, and and why we're different, which is the most interesting and compelling part of our concept in that nothing we do is second day. Everything is fresh made, sometimes two and three times a day. Our, you know, our beef is certified Angus beef, which is, you know, top tier beef. All of our, you know, our cheese is Tillamook cheese. Our bread is baked in house. You know, every, all of our, you know, potatoes are cut daily and soaked and then fried. And so everything that we do is a hundred percent clean. And it's, it is the type of food that you want to buy when you go to, you know, a, a boutique grocery store. And it's the type of food we sell um, that's very accessible to a lot of people. And so that's a pretty complicated story, but yet it's super simple. And it's what I would say, it's the way things used to be back then, you know, back in my day, that's how the food was supposed to be made. And I wish we could find it today. And Muya does all of that. So there's just a couple, there's a there's a communication challenge on being able to get all of these proof points out there because when you find out about Muya, you try our product, you are hooked for life. So our, the fans that we have in Dallas, Fort Worth are fans for life, but there still is a very big market and we're still trying to get people to understand who we are because it is very crowded here. Yeah. Um but we we handle those challenges with our franchisees on a daily basis, and we help them solve their problems based on what it is they're facing and kind of what bucket they're in, whether it's developing or whether it's brand new. So, but it's a fun challenge, I'll say. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's all about marketing, right? It, it, it yeah. keeps you busy. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that because the uh, the markets where where you're expanding into, um, first of all, when when you build out a a, a Muya. Right. I'm sure the branding and the, the just everything is top tier. Everything yeah. is, you know, like the big boys. There's really no difference. Cause when I drive by something like that, I would be like, that's probably a franchise. I may not have heard of it, but it looks like that, which is right. advantage number one, I would think, in, in terms of launching a brand new business in a brand new town. It's like, first of all, it looks fresh and it looks 
professional. It looks like a franchise, right? So that's advantage one and it gets people's attention. So let's talk, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the new markets, not so much the established ones where people probably know you really well. Um, So you've got this new franchise, you drive by it, I I drive by it and I see, you know, it's a burger place, which by the way, for me is huge because I love that too. And I love what you're saying because I am the person that would love to go buy all the ingredients, come back to the grill, do it all like the perfect way that you love it with all the great ingredients. If someone could do that for me over there, I'd do, I'd go buy it. Right. But, but so that, that's amazing. But so in those markets, right, you obviously start with a great location and great looking uh, place. So what are those key things though, to try to get that awareness out there? What, what is it between digital and say just grassroots? What would you say are the top things you look at in terms of the formula for, for new markets? Yeah, and I, I think it, it starts before um, you break ground um, on a location. And I, I, one of the things I love most about our process for franchise recruitment is we have a high touch process. We, you know, we sit down and we talk with the franchisee, the potential franchisees about, you know, kind of their background. And, and most of them have a very strong connection with the local market where they're going to start the brand. And um, and by doing that, they already have a good idea of why this plays into the market. So they kind of, you know, they have a very personal understanding of what the market needs. And so a lot of this in the very, very beginning is about helping to understand the culture and the vibe and the people and the need and really getting acclimated with the area. We have, you know, part of our team at Muya is we have a a new restaurant opening team that is fully dedicated toward rolling out our concept in in a new market. Meaning, you know, six months before we break ground, once we break ground, ninety days before our doors open, and then a completely kick-ass grand opening package with the city. You know, with our, you know, by then we would have recruited a bunch of people in the local community into our email and loyalty database. We, and, you know, it it culminates, you know, over a period of time because we're introducing the brand through content and social media. You know, we do a lot of PR outreach. You know, we build a very strong communication plan that culminates to the day that we open. And on that day that we open, I mean, we have lines around, I mean, I think over the last like three or four months um, that we've had, you know, some, some very, very strong openings this year, we've had lines around the door starting at like 6am. People are like, especially because of what we do and, and, and the, and the category that we're in, which is indulgent, amazing cheeseburgers. And then you layer on top of that, you mean to tell me you do it all these, you know, you do it with all such high touch premium processes where I can feel good about my lifestyle being met in your kitchen. I mean, it's kind of unheard of. And so once people kind of connect all of those dots, it's like, duh, I'm going to come in and try it. And, but it, but I'm making it sound like it's not that big of a deal. It is a very, very formulaic approach that starts you know, sometimes a year and a half before the restaurant opens. And it really is about understanding the franchisee, their their passion, what they're trying to accomplish. And then we marry that with a marketing plan that is so incredibly personal and localized that it only makes sense in Carlsbad, California. And then you'll have Gallatin, Tennessee. But those plans, while they might structurally look like a lot of the same inputs, 
They're very different plans because those communities are very different. Right. Yeah, exactly. The opportunities I, I would think evolve a little, but as you're planning all this, as you're, you know, getting you know, headed towards the launch, uh, you're already interacting right with everybody and everybody's like, oh, yeah. cool. You know, like they're going to tell their friends. And, and so it's like a, a big groundswell and it's very orchestrated to get to that place of a great grand opening. And I've seen some of those where the, the line is like crazy. And I'm like, I really want to try it, but I think I'll come back in a week or so. Yeah, um, yeah. So you guys do a heck of a job because it ta sometimes takes longer than that. You know, it takes weeks. Mm -hmm. Like it's just really lots of momentum. But what I was thinking of in all that is in this kind of a business model, how important it is for the experience to be what you need it to be. Because when I leave there, like you said, one, I'm hooked for life. Two, I'm going to do what I do, which is could be anything, tell everybody I know, to reviews, to, you know, whatever it is. Or even if I'm in, connected to a business, I might use you for, uh, you know, catering or some other reason. So it's important to really do really well those first month or two. And I guess that's the question is, is that sort of the idea is let's build a huge foundation of, of, of early fans that have the experience and then let, let, let everything else do what it does, which is great ingredients, great experience. But tell me, is that sort of like the idea? And then I guess from there, there are marketing, there are, you know, ongoing marketing and awareness and, and getting that, yeah. the, this, the restaurant full, but tell me a little bit about that. Like, is that yeah. sort of the idea? Yeah. I mean, I think the idea, you know, when we, as I mentioned, it starts well before we open, but then our, our, you know, my team's, does a very um, intentional job of starting the marketing plan a couple of weeks before to build momentum and to build excitement and anticipation. And then that plan that we develop is, you know, lasts up to six months after the grand opening. So, you know, why? Well, I mean, anything new, you know, has a major boom. I mean, any, you know, any new, any new restaurant in town, you know, you, you will naturally get excitement because it's something new and different. You know, our, our goal is that I mean, we definitely want to create that excitement, but we also want to make sure that whatever it is that we do, we can sustain it and help, you know, continue to build awareness and build buzz um, to keep those that have come in once to come back and to keep those that haven't the use of the world. They're like, oh, wait till there's not a line. Um, we we want to make sure that you get the chance to experience it um, because it is like a, unlike any other. And so, you know, I think the 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 real power in in uh, the marketing side is to keep the momentum going so that you don't ever really have major dips, you know, in in the initial um, kind of honeymoon period, if you will. You want you want to see things get off to a fast start and then you know, level out and then stay. But that takes kind of intentional timing and and techniques and tactics that are proven um, in our business. And, and you know, we just continue to hit them over and over again. But as I mentioned, the, the, the saw, the secret in all of this is what market we're in, you know, what market mm -hmm. this franchisee is in. And then, you know, we really make sure that it's personal so that you feel like it makes sense for your market. So, um, and you know, and that's about relationships. And, you know, that's the beauty of us being a... a um, the size of business that we are, that everyone's on a first name basis. So, I mean, we know everybody and and they know everybody in, the, in that local community or in that, in kind of their general region. And, and so it makes it easier for us to make progress because we're able just to tap into those networks versus being such a large entity that it's a little less personal. And so I think that's one of the benefits that we have um, at Muya. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of ways. So once you get the momentum, you got you got a, an audience, right? They know who you are. They know where you are. Um, 
they're, they're coming in. They're maybe they're addicted at this point. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So then you have your ongoing marketing and that's to, you know, keep that awareness going. And clearly there's a huge uh, market around any business like that. And so it takes some time. So when you look at that part, the, the continued outreach, let's say, or the reach that your local brand has, um, what would you say are some of the key things you look at? I, th I think of, you know, obviously findability on Google. Um, and I think of Facebook a lot too, because of, again, some of that for findability, but also just the buzz and, and what people like, that's where they like to talk and share and, 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 and that sort of thing. So they're very different, right? Google is very much a utility where I want to make sure I find something. Uh, and there's also a strong review platform there. So that's important, which I would think your reviews just echo what, what everything you're saying, right? But which one? I mean, and then there's, I think of, um, you know, direct response or like you said, staying top of mind. So using technology like SMS or those mm -hmm. types of community, you know, where you're, you're, you're reminding people, Hey, there's a promotion or, or a rewards program or something like that. But tell me which, which combination or where do you see being the, the biggest priorities when you talk about ongoing, keeping the momentum going? What, what does that yeah. look like for you? I mean, you know, it's hard. I mean, this is not me being canned, but I would say that all of the, you know, everything has a role. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, is dated and as unsexy as it is, you know, direct mail every now and again, you know, has a role. Um, because for a brand like ours, it becomes a mass media um play because we don't mm -hmm. do television, you know, we don't do billboards, especially in markets where there's one location or two locations. It just does the cost just doesn't justify. However, you know, direct mail can get you the the right neighborhoods and get you the right, you know, span and radius. And I think that's important. So that plays a role. You know, search and Google and and all of that, um, a huge role because I do think part of you, you we mentioned it earlier before this call location is key. And if you're not fully visible off the highway or you know, you're not on a street corner that's widely trafficked, I think sometimes you can, you can get lost. Yeah. And sometimes you drive down the street and you don't notice something for two years, which is my case. In my case, like I feel like every day I notice a new house or I notice something that's been there. But I, I think search is incredibly important, especially in this in the world where we live in, where everything is done on your phone and you're you're mm -hmm. so tapped into schedules and lists and notes, but everything is operated through Apple. I I personally believe that search is one of the biggest areas of opportunity. Search and technology, I think, is you know where I we, there's no there's no um, arguing it, like you have to be there. Um, but then there's older school techniques, which, you know, to me, just replicate more the, the human touch element, the notes, the mail, things like that, which you, I, I hope hospitality never fully gets away from it because that's one thing that makes the hospitality industry so special. And that is that people make the difference in service and, and us doing that, um, still allows us to have access to your home. So I think that's important. Um, yeah. So I, I mentioned we do direct mail during key times because it is important and it does work. Um, it's not your strategy, but it's definitely a tactic to deploy when it makes sense. We do a lot of search once we've re once we've opened because people need to be able to know how to find us. And then right. we do, and then we do, uh, you know, social media. Social media, you know, has its time and its place. You know, I believe in it, but I think too much of anything is not a good thing. So I think it's yeah. being really clear about what your story is that you're trying to communicate and then just go hard at that. Don't try to spread yourself so thin that you're leveraging that for everything because it's not meant to be that. It 
social media at its best, I think, is a storytelling platform because people are more interested in content than ads. And so we do storytelling. You know, here's our story. Here's some amazing video that shows our culture and our vibe and our food and like what makes us special. And so all three of those things play a role. And I know I just completely rambled. The only thing I didn't mention, which I should never fail to mention, is PR. Yeah. Which, you know, really is just the human relations aspect of our business. And I think PR plays a big part in elevating the franchisee's voice, giving them a platform to tell their story and why they're in business. Because at the end of the day, people and communities love supporting the local businesses. And that's what we are, is we are a local business. And yeah. um, so, I mean, that that's that. I mean, I just completely like talked. And yeah. said words, but I, that was I, very, that was very, very helpful. I, I, I think you said a lot of key things. I mean, um, yeah, again, they all have their different purposes, but it, you know, the challenge would be how the emphasis that you, as a smaller business owner, as you're growing, things change as you evolve and you get bigger. Um, but, but clearly you have to pay attention to all these things and kind of know what levers to pull. And that's where having you guys as the team behind them, they, they have that. Right. But yeah, you touch on all of them, probably at different phases of growth more than others. But one of the things I noticed that I know you, you would speak a lot to as well, that helps a lot, especially because the last thing you said, I think is key is that local communities want to serve or uh, support local businesses. And even though a franchise brand can be a national business, it's a local business owner, period. I mean, that's a local family, you know, someone locally owns it most of the time. I'm not saying it couldn't be owned by someone else, but, um, but generally speaking, there is a lot of support that's needed and, or that's, that's that people want to give. So I know that you guys do a lot with not only an offering for, for catering and things like that, but also community outreach. And, and so how does that work? Because I would think when you integrate or when you partner with other businesses, right, even just letting the local schools or local churches know you're there and we can help you. And you know what I mean? Then you get their audiences, right? Yeah. So to me, it's a lot of that grassroots stuff probably, but tell me a little more about that side of it. Yeah. And I think this is, this is such a, I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of the biggest, this is what makes a franchisee successful. And that's why I love our franchisees because they are all so locally passionate about their business, their communities and why they're in business. And a lot of them are family businesses. So to your point, it's, you know, we have a franchisee in, uh, in Wisconsin and it's, you know, it's two sons and a dad and, you know, they run these restaurants and they're super, you know, they are, you know, Wisconsin fans and Badger fans. And so they get very involved in the community, but um, as it relates to, what I'd call more of like um, a social responsibility. We do have a lot of franchisees that have causes they support, whether it's food banks, you know, shelters, teachers, and these relationships are preformed. So, you know, these relationships were formed prior, mostly prior to Muya. And as a result, you know, they bring us in and we're just the vehicle to help them help these people. Um, so it's not Muya helping. It's, you know, it's, Mr. Ganley is helping, you know, and yeah. with his Muya, he's bringing food to, you know, name the name the group, name the organization, and it helps our brand as a whole be relevant and help that moment. And and that's what we're here to do is we're the we like to make sure we can help in the moment, but it's the franchisee 
that's the, the conduit and they're, they're making that connection. You know, we are not a national brand. And so you won't see Muya partner with a national charity because that kind of takes away the local aspect of the communities in need. And every community has different needs. And so we're not here to try to solve all those needs, but we're here to give our franchisees the tools. And then we support them with creative, with content, with any materials that they need to give to those organizations. And that is the role that we play on the back end. Um, So, you know, there's, I have so many examples I could tell you, we could do a whole podcast on, you know, great examples of, of giving, but, you know, our role, and we always say this at the office, our role is to work for our franchisees to make them successful and make all of their business goals come to life. And that means we servantly give them what they need to serve others. That's it. So I love that. Yeah. I think, I mean, that, that really empowers the franchisee. I mean, look, the reason people look at our industry, the franchise industry is because, you know, getting into business is challenging, right? And so a franchisor, a brand uh, can really help. And and what we're talking about is a win-win-win because, you know, you're serving your community. It's probably the best way to market your business. And, you know, the person or the, the person that's receiving the benefit wins, right? Everybody wins. And I think it's a wonderful thing because as a local business owner, that's who you are. You're part of the community and it's great to have that mechanism and the support right behind them. Like I, you, you mentioned it like off the cuff, ah, we give them the marketing materials and, you know, it's like, well, if it, if it wasn't a franchise backing them, then they would have to figure that part out. But I just think to me, that's one of the greatest ways to market is, is to partner with other businesses and other causes. And that's great. You leave it up to the franchisee to kind of figure that out the most, right? They're the mm-hmm. ones that know the area the best. So that's awesome. So tell me a little bit. So speaking of partnering, I know you guys have a really awesome menu and I know you guys do some cool partnerships to come up with innovative ideas. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing there with the milkshakes. I know you have some key partnerships and, and how does that, how does that parlay into helping the brand? Does it, is there a marketing angle there where yeah. the, the other, yeah. Tell me a little more about Yeah. That. I mean, um, first of all, I mean, at the end of the day, we, the, we have such a privilege to be able to create great food. And so it's so much, I mean, it is like the food industry, the restaurant industry is the most fun industry in the world um, because every day you get to come up with fun ideas to make people hungry and satisfy cravings. It's just amazing. Um, we we rely very heavily on our partners. Um, we've got amazing partners. We've got certified Angus beef, which if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have meat. So we do a lot with them, you know. Um, we we have a bunch of different amazing Smithfield bacon. I mean, we've got great partners that always help come up with great ideas. Shakes right now, we're doing a partnership with Kellogg's with their Fruit Loops brand. I mean, if you've like, I'm 41. So I take like my seven year old self and she's freaking out right now. And so we, you know, we took Fruit Loops, we blended them uh, with, uh, you know, our all, you know, real ice cream and put some pureed strawberries and blended it up and it tastes like the milk at the end of your cereal. And it is freaking amazing. Um, But this is just an example of our, you know, of our partnership strategy, which is, you know, we bring to life a product that highlights color and vibrancy and energy, which really celebrates kind of our internal personality and the brand that we want to project. 
and we also elevate another brand that we believe, you know, we have alignment on core values and then they, you know, they elevate us and we elevate them. And to me, it's just about like coming together as a, is a food service industry and, and bringing something really cool to life. Um, our target, um, you know, we serve as families and we also serve, you know, young kids after school coming in for a snack. And so you just think about like, what would you want what would you think would be fun? And that's kind of what you go make. So there's really not much more to it than just being open-minded, being creative, but also just digging into that moment in your own self. And it's wild what comes to life. So um, that's an example of a partnership that we've done. Um, you know, we have a few more coming this year that I can't talk about, but are, you know, are known brands and are fun brands that, you know, everyone recognizes. And I think candidly, is a brand that's got, you know, we're trying to build awareness. What better way to build awareness than to build it with established, reputable, all-American brands that people love and trust. And so we can do that. We can help out both sides. And so I think there's just yeah. magic in coming together and partnering with people that are willing to help. And, you know, and in the meantime, we can serve some really great food. So that's that's our strategy now as it relates to partnerships in our existing base, which is the magic of our product, you know, Tillamook cheese, Smithfield bacon, certified Angus beef. Um, and I could go on and on and on. We do a lot with them too, you know, mm -hmm. to tell content stories, to tell the, you know, the farmer stories, the ranchers for our beef, to tell mm -hmm. the, you know, dairy farmers for our cheese. And I think there's avocados from Mexico. Like there's really cool stories about the quality of those people's products that only mm -hmm. helps to tell the story of our products. And so by working together, you you know, you rise both of these ships because you're telling the great story of both of us. And so um, we are friends with everyone um, who share the same core values that we do on doing it right with our product. And when you do that, it's amazing what you can come up with because everyone needs help in the end. And it's just a matter of understanding what others need, sharing what you need. Um, and it's, it's, it's been great. It's super fun. Yeah. Well, spoken like a true marketer that's been doing it a while. I think that that what you just shared is is uh is is a huge advantage for a local operator, right? To have not not only those great ingredients and 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 uh, uh to make a great menu, but those partnerships, right? Thinking that way. It, it, you could do it a lot of ways. Say, well, I just want great ingredients. Or you could be a marketing person that says, well, we can get great ingredients, but we also want to expand our reach and tell stories and and partner with brands that everybody knows their name. And you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And and certainly um the, the, the people buying for their kids will probably pick up a Fruit Loops shake as well, <laughs> yeah. because that was one of my favorite cereals growing up. But anyway, I kind of laughed when I saw that. But uh, no, it's brilliant marketing. I mean, I think of integration marketing. I always think of you know Bill Gates. I always think of Microsoft and what he did with IBM. And man, what an amazing meeting that must have been. You know, leaving right. that meeting saying, you know, it's just uh, I don't think he realized what he had done. But it was a great integration marketing deal. And um, yeah, they, I think he might have helped them rise a little more. I'm not sure how that worked out for them. But um, yeah, it's brilliant marketing. So I appreciate you sharing that that strategy with us. So, you know, before I wrap things up, and I do appreciate your time today being on the show, um, I would love to hear from your view. I know you've been at the VP level and a leader in marketing uh, for, for quite a while. Is there, and you have a team, you know, obviously that, that you're managing and leading and there's a lot of ups and downs, right? I mean, think about a few years ago, 
I mean, and I won't get into that today, but that was a story we talked about a lot a few years back. And as a leader, you had to manage through it. And I can't think of a better time to be in a franchise than what we all experienced a few years ago with uh, with COVID. But ultimately, though, as a leader, is there something that you could leave with the audience, either maybe even for someone thinking about uh, starting the franchise business or just for, for other brands that are trying to do it right? Is there something that you feel has always worked for you, a key tip or idea or concept, anything you want to leave with the audience? Yeah. So it, you know, I don't know that I learned it in marketing. I can't, I can't say that I, I learned this at work, but I, um, I, I want to say probably 10 years ago, yeah, it was probably 10 years ago. I took a, and it stuck with me forever. So what I'm about ready to share worked for me. Um, and cause I haven't always listened to other people. You know, I, I've, I always, you know, growing up, I always thought I had the answers and, Anyway, I, I took improv for a few years, about 10 years ago, and, and it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about, you know, myself and how to work with others and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was life-changing. And for anyone listening, I highly recommend uh, finding a local improv class and taking it. Even if you just take one, you learn a lot about kind of the rules of the road with people. And I think it's helped me a lot in my career and in my life. But one of the things that I never has never left me and I use every single day in my life is this, this um, idea of yes. And in, in this day and age, the everything, so much is changing and ideas come from everywhere. And people have been saying that for a long time, but using the construct of yes. And means anytime someone throws out an idea and you think it's a terrible idea, there is some element of, richness in that and turning someone down or saying no that's not going to work only you know shuts down mm-hmm. someone that could potentially you know is very valuable and could potentially solve the problem if maybe they stated a different way mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you say something i don't think it's great but reframe your thinking and say yes and what i would like from that idea is to see x y and z Always try to find something about what someone else says that is stimulating because every single thing that comes out of someone's mouth has value. And if you think of it that way, all of a sudden stuff just, you can find solutions at every turn. And I truly believe that through COVID and through isolation and through this culture of Zoom and technology, you've had to learn how to be agile and nimble and work together. And that doesn't come from being an expert because at the end of the day, like none of us are experts in anything anymore because everything is so fluid. So this idea of just listen to people, don't think about what you're going to say, listen to them and then turn it into a way to continue to build on the conversation. And it's worked for me. It's helped me a lot. And I think it's actually helped create more creativity inside our organization because it's, you know, you're open-minded and you show others how to do the same thing. And so I don't know if that helps, but if you're asking me, what's the biggest piece of advice that's helped me, that's been killer. And I, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that maybe helps someone enjoy improv, if anything. <laughs> well, my, my secret, my secret reason for asking is I always learn something from that question. So, and I learned again, I mean, I I'll tell you, I, and I come from a technology background and, and software and things. And of course, in that world is constant feedback. You want feedback, but you also need to manage it in a certain way and you need to, you know, but you don't want to shut things down. You don't want to shut people down 
because they're an idea machine. And that, you know, it's just, it could, maybe the, maybe the idea isn't quite baked yet. But if, if you don't approach it the right way, I think the natural response from whether it's a team member or whether it's a, a customer, uh, the, the natural response, if you shut them down the wrong way, is they just won't open up again. And you don't want that to happen. You know, you right. want people to continue to contribute because you're right. The best ideas come from the fact, especially in the franchise world, we're, we're really a group or a network, right? Your brand is a network of really smart people, <laughs> like a lot of people all working together uh, to try to accomplish similar things. So that's, that's very important not to have a culture where you feel like, oh, I just can't bring that up or better not right. talk about that again. <laughs> so that's not that's my cool. area or whatever. No, it's all, we're all supporting one business. So yeah. Right. But also having that mechanism as a manager, as a leader to say, okay, gotcha. Here's our big picture. Here's where we're headed. Yes. And show me how we can do these things here. This is our big picture stuff. Usually it connects, right? If it does, then you can really refine it from there. Like with you guys, a great menu is always going to be a key thing to be thinking about, right? Fresh ingredients. So if an idea has to do with a menu, then it it has to probably check certain boxes, right? So I I think that's an amazing way to approach it. Yeah, it's always yes, but let's really look at it and see where we can take it. So brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It has been a pleasure having you on today. It's been a great conversation. And before we do uh, say goodbye to everybody, is there a website that you'd like to share where folks can learn more, not only about the brand, but of course, the great opportunity that you guys yeah. have? Yeah. If you go to muya.com um, backslash franchising, that will give you a lot of great information um, that you would need to find. So, you know, we are actively growing and we're obviously always looking for great partners that want to grow our brand um, and tell the story. So check us out. Uh, sounds good. It sounds good. Well, I hope you have one. Do you happen to have one in Colorado by chance? Um, no, we do not. <laughs> All right. Well, I bet you <laughs> we, we would love it here. We, we love our fresh food here. So you go ahead and bring one here. We, I was going to say, I got to go find one and visit. I'm, I'm kind of hungry now after talking about it for a while. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Rob. It's been great having you. Thank you, Sarah. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.